Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shania Twain. <laughs> Shania Twain. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have, like, maybe if you'd named Shania Twain, I'd been like, oh, yeah, that's a person. You would know Shania Twain. Come on over. <laughs> Come on over was my second album that oh, I ever bought. First really? was Spice Girls, second was Shania Twain. Oh, uh, who was questioning? Mine was, mine, mine was the soundtrack to Sister Act. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Scotch and Scrim. Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever <laughs> had do... scotch. Um, I hate it. Yeah? We call it whiskey. We don't call it scotch because we are... Wait, dumb scotch. question. Are scotch and whiskey the same thing? Yeah. All right, yeah. then I have had scotch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think like... Because would you call like Jack Daniels? Would you say that scotch? I'd, I would call that whiskey. Yeah, I guess we don't call you it call scotch. You call that whiskey? Yeah, I'd call that whiskey. Well, yeah. Maybe it's different. I don't think it's different. Scotch whiskey, yeah. Often something called a scotch is a malt. Yeah, so it's like malt whiskey. Huh, yeah. No, it's just whiskey. Is it... Why have two words? This is why we're why a musical... Why have two words? This is why we're a musical theater podcast and not an alcohol podcast. Exactly, because we don't get it. No. Anyway. <laughs> that's my that's my drink, because I'm Scottish. Yeah. Anyway. You're drinking We also that. invented scrim in scotland really we did it no we didn't i would have believed it's fun you. to say in a scottish accent scrim that's a good one it sounds like scottish, that sounds like uh you want me to say scrim in a scottish accent please yes mm, that'll do yeah that sounds <laughs> pretty good that was all right it's, that was, uh, right. That was like, a good, found a good a, like uh-huh as long good. as you like grunt a lot mm, yeah that's what we do and it, it was very it was like a good brave you know yeah. the movie Brave? Well, like if you had the version. chance to change your life, Scrum. Scrum. <laughs> yeah. Very Pixar Scott. Yeah. So you're drinking yeah. scotch Scrum. because you're Scottish. Uh, yes. Uh, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Alabama whiskey, which is not Alabama scotch. scotch. 
It's different. It doesn't have the same the same twang if you call it Alabama Scotch. Okay. Alabama Scotch. Yeah, it doesn't, sound, does it? Right? That sounds like something they'd advertise in a Skittles commercial. It's like, this mm. is ridiculous. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I'm drinking an Alabama Slammer. Ooh. We're definitely in Alabama. We're definitely in Alabama. We are. Um, hey, Tommy. Hey, Jimmy. So the musical that we're, t- the, the musical that we're going to be talking about today mm-hmm. so it stirred something of a controversy in Broadway. Ooh, I like um, how you say controversy. Controversy? That's not, that's not how that... Controversy. Say, what do you... Yeah, what? I suppose, I think, well, I think controversy might be right because you say controversial. Yeah. You just say controversial. What, what's, the, what's the metal material you make cans out of? Aluminium. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm sorry. I'm saying all the letters. Anyway. Read the rest um, of the quiz question. <laughs> controversy on Broadway, though, even though it had lots of positive reviews, um, one critic did not speak so highly of it and said... The only reason that this musical has made it to the great white way is the great white guilt. And what show would that be, Tommy? What show indeed? It's the Scottsboro Boys. Every member of society celebrates our notoriety. Step right up and meet the Scottsboro Boys. Every communist throughout the land wants a volunteer to lend a hand. They all want to kiss the Scottsboro Boys Since they heard we're such a wow MGM is calling now Xanax also on the phone And the many Warner Brothers won't leave us alone And little boy, come be a star Big swimming pool, Cadillac car Johnny Barry, Laura, Fanny cries Think they stumbled into paradise um, so it's one of one of the two posthumous Candor and Ebbs. Which one? I always get yes. confused. Which one died? Um, uh, Fred Ebb died. Fred Ebb died, and then yes, they finished. Versus Fred Ebb. They finished Scottsboro Boys. Yes, and thankfully, John Candor can also write lyrics. And, thank, uh, yeah. thank goodness. Yeah. After working together for years, years and years. Do, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm very excited for us to do Curtains so we can talk about uh, that one song. Yeah. Oh, um, but show people. Yeah. Um, oh, and thinking of yeah. him. Um, yes, beautiful. thinking of them. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and also, didn't know they were gay. Found that out recently. Really? Yeah. That's just the assumption. You have to go in with that assumption. Like, right? People are I, still. No, but weirdly, I always assume people are straight. That's because it's like creators. I always think you straight. are blinded by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um. I am, and his masculinity. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so um, this is a team that is tried and tested. Yes. Um, and they also had the wonderful Susan Strowman oh. um, at the helm, mm-hmm. um, who I guess most people know for producers. That's yep. probably her like biggest, biggest. That's pretty. Um, yeah. I love her for Contact, which yep. is a not whole for not for Young Frankenstein. Stuff. Not high on your list. Yeah, no, it's great. It's getting a revival in the West End, but uh, Contact's dancey. Contact is Dancy, and so are you. Um, Thank you. I am. Um, so, when did it open on Broadway, Tommy? It started uh, off Broadway in 2010 at the Vineyard um, and had an out of town run in Minneapolis, and it opened on Broadway in October of 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep, then it moved to the uh, West End, right? Yeah, it popped over in 2014 and had a really successful run at the Young Vic. Yep. Which is a great um, theater. Um, 
and was nominated for everything and won nothing. Nothing. The classic Candor and Ebb play yeah. in Lester Kiss of the oh, Spider-Woman. Although <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm sure that ha- in no small part due to the Book of Mormon, which was also the same year, but we'll exactly. talk more and about again, that later. We'll definitely talk more about that. Um, but poor guys. Yeah. They're still peers. Um, yeah. So yeah, and it was the same over in the Olivia's as well. Slew of nominations, mm-hmm. nay wins. Something Ugh. fishy. Yeah to be discussed um but right so let's talk about what this is oh. because i wonder mm-hmm. um for our uk fish mm-hmm. how much they would know about this part of history well and even um for it being a very american musical both in content and in um context uh-huh. i the scottsboro boys before working on this podcast had been very much on the outside of my periphery. I knew it existed. Right, I knew it was okay. Candor and Ebb, but I had never listened to it all the way through until maybe a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, right. It's just, it's, and did you know? Did you know the story of the Scottsboro no, Boys? Absolutely not. Okay, which is a damn shame. Um, yeah. So, there you go. Right. So the story of the Scottsboro Boys. Um, we're talking what pre civil rights movement America. Um, something like nine black teenagers get on a train. Yeah leaving uh chattanooga chattanooga no 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 aren't they leaving georgia um mm, it's um commencing in chattanooga oh you're right okay it's a song um nine black teenage boys get on a train you know they're looking for work um heading across the yeah. south and get very falsely accused of raping two white teenagers um and then a series of heavily publicized and politicized trials happen um that are you know embroiled in racist undertones and really you know overt racist happenings um Mm. that very much led to some uh big changes in big big changes the judicial judicial system in america and really is kind of the kickstarter of a lot of the civil rights movement which is some of the framing of this musical it really is which and that's the thing the thing that surprises me is that i didn't know about this because this in my opinion this is one of the especially because this was the thing that overturned the courts yeah this is the thing where law was starting to change yeah um well and i don't know if even if public opinion wasn't changing but like there was people were like ah hang on that that didn't go well right i mean there was lots 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 of wrong things happened there um and i I don't know how much of this makes it across the pond but i'm as mm -hmm. in educator land i'm this is something i'm keenly aware of um in america a lot of like a lot of the history textbooks literally the history textbooks but then metaphorically the history textbooks are written in a very in an almost revisionist ex- kind of way i know exactly what you're saying yes. um and so like this is the sort of story that would be in a first draft and then you know be disapproved by the whiteboard in the south that's like mm, we can't yeah. teach kids about this and so it yeah. doesn't become a story in our history books and has, you know is so important you know we hear about rosa parks exactly. and we hear about uh, martin luther king jr uh, yeah. but we don't hear about the scottsboro boys and this, you know, these these guys were at the forefront. So this is in the 30s. Yeah. Um, which is of the Candor Neb's, like, main era. That's pretty much everything they do. Is That's true. I never thought about that before. Um, yeah. Unless it's yeah, like... It's, it's a bit wild, isn't it? Yeah, except for maybe the visit. Which well, I've is, read... You know. 
I've read, yeah, but I've read from uh, John that he, they love it just because this is when so much was happening. Like we've talked yeah. about it before in Cabaret, for example, yeah. where the world is on the edge. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's on the knife edge. Yeah. Um, and it creates a lot of tumultuous things. So that's, exa- you know, like you're looking for drama. Yeah. That's where you go. Yeah. Um, so that's what they've kind of done. So the musical... Um, mm-hmm. looks at the story of these boys mm-hmm. um, through the form of a minstrel show. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's a very Candor and Ebb trait. Yeah. Most of their shows are framed in a... In they a use can- a device. Yeah, they use it. So ex- a lot of their shows are very performative in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for example, Cabaret um, is set a cabaret mm-hmm. um, in Germany, an underground cabaret. Chicago is set in like a vaudeville setting. Yeah. Um, uh, the Kiss of the Spider Woman. There's got lots of theatricality in the prison. Mm-hmm. You know when she comes in, when the Spider yeah. Woman comes in, blah blah blah. Um, so this time around, they're using the uh, minstrel show as mm. their kind of vehicle to tell the story. Yeah. Um, but not as we know it. Like, kind thank goodness. Thing, you know what I mean? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, for, um, in in case you haven't heard, because this is another thing I don't think makes it into the t- the history textbooks, the... Yeah. Tradition's the wrong word. Habit. Performing style. Mm-hmm. Racist performance we should never continue again, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. Of the minstrel show was a a tradition of blackface performance from maybe the mid 1800s in America um yeah. seeped in the racism and the stereotype of that era um Completely. white performers putting on you know blackface and performing what were considered caricatures of black people in America at the time yeah. you know totally untrue totally offensive totally racist and a very Completely. popular entertainment form through yeah. the it was late the 1800s. main it was the main entertainment form yeah. through 1800s all the way through i mean even at the 30s yeah it you wasn't could... still as big because people you know vaudeville was beginning to creep yep. out now yep um but it was it was still rife like you say it's ingrained yeah it was and seeped you in and you 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 see the history of it all and there's all sorts of interesting I think controversial arguments around this, but yep. America's popular live entertainment form shifted from the minstrel show to vaudeville to musical theater. Um, and exactly. so m- better or worse, like when, when I talk about my down tempo show stopper, that kind of feel where like the music mm-hmm. drops out, there's something, the seed of that comes from the cakewalk tradition in the minstrel show. Um, like mm-hmm. the the music behind all that, the fact that vaudeville was very based in jazz and like these sort of things, they're all uh, intricately tied together um, yeah. in some really interesting ways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the thing is, is you know, people, I guess, kind of unfortunately, would recognize so much from it. Early Tom and Jerry cartoons, for example. Yeah. Um, the the woman who owns Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, is just, you know, massively stereotypical uh, yeah. black women harking completely to all of the stereotypes that they portray in the minstrel the, shows. Do you know... Early Disney. You know Mickey how... Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse, yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse wearing gloves owes 
his glove wearing to minstrel shows in some yeah. ways. It comes from the blackface tradition as they would wear gloves and somehow this kind of performative nature got transferred to cartoons maybe not explicitly racist it's not like mickey mouse is wearing blackface but Mm -hmm. there's there's some kind of tangential relationship there that definitely you know you don't think about every time you look at mickey mouse exactly and then you know you get the the crows and dumbo yep like these are these are the stereotypes that we're being completely rattled out. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And um, so, worth it to say, in the Scottsboro Boys, and maybe this will transition into our next point, um, yeah. the, I think the big important change of this minstrel show tradition is yep. all of the actors are actually black, yes. not wearing blackface. Yes. Um, which is where where the can of worms is opened, I would say, in some yeah. ways for this show. And it kind of made... The way that they do it, you know, it's they're not this. This isn't a stereotypical minstrel show. That isn't right. what Karen and Eb have written. Um, they're like I say, they're using that as the vehicle yeah. to create this very uncomfortable environment. Oh yeah. Um, that we, we, yeah, we'll talk about in a little bit. But I think the the main line that makes you realize that this isn't this isn't the typical thing mm-hmm. is um, the line right at the start in. Um, uh, hey, 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 hey. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think it's Haywood, um, or it might be Mr. Bones and Mr. Tambo, and he says, when they're saying, Mr. Lo- Interlocutor, what story are we going to tell tonight? Um, he's like, oh, we're going to tell the story of the Scottsboro Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's Haywood that says, Mr. Interlocutor, this time can we tell it like it really happened? This mm-hmm. time can we tell the truth? Um, and they do go on to tell the truth. You yeah. know I mean, they're they're bashing away all the stereotypes. Yeah to tell a story well and they're using, using the it, stereotypes they're yeah. really subverting the stereotype like um, exactly. my my favorite line in hey 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 is i forget um which which two of them it is mm-hmm. um but so the whole point the the first song hey 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 and the is like describing the fact that this is a minstrel show everyone's yeah. a minstrel tonight we're telling you a story we're like you know they're really they're really laying it out there's one moment where they like they point out a lady in the front row and she's like you know she seems scared to see you and like we're acknowledging like this is gonna be uncomfortable buckle up um but the whoever whichever two characters say our specialty is white people um Mm -hmm. and it is a a wonderful magical very uncomfortable subverting of the stereotype um which like you're you're in for a ride tonight yeah definitely um so set that up right from the very beginning um so let's dive in shall we here we go buckle up splash your piano and you can take your santa fe and you can take your old rock island line and throw them all away and if the pennsylvania calls to say you want your money back and if the new york central's on the phone tell them their way off the track Now, I do want to preface this, as we always do when we uh, talk about musicals that deal with race. It's the We Are Two White Men preface? We are two, yes, the, We Are Two White Men speech. Um, we are two white men. Um, we are 
learning about this. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we don't speak from experience. I, we it, just... It's like, it's you know. a it's awful because it feels like a preemptive apology, but it's it yeah. feels always like, we're going to get some stuff wrong. We don't know. This is yeah, just exactly. what we see. But I think there's also added in, like, we... We need to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that, that's that's a big crucial part about this show, Yeah. I feel. Exactly. Um, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and lot. like, we need to talk about this and we are certainly not the forefront on this experience at all. No, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's something that we care deeply about. Yeah. Which is and why we're doing this show. Across. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, the first thing I want to kind of address mm-hmm. is this article that we used in the quiz question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was an article in The New Republic mm-hmm. um, by uh, an African-American journalist called John McWhorter. Mm-hmm. And basically he is talking about the fact that this show isn't right. Yeah, I do. I guess. So from from the onset, I would feel more comfortable with this show uh-huh. if either... John Kander or Fred Ebb or Susan Stroman were black. Mm-hmm. I would feel more comfortable with this show that way. And mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not a show about feeling comfortable. Um, but it, it's, you know, we live in a world where white people have been quote unquote telling black people's story forever and ever and ever. Yep. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then. Th- it puts this show under heightened scrutiny, I think. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and I, there's a whole, it's nuanced. I think there's a whole history to it. There aren't, I can't name any off the top of my head, uh, black musical theater artists. Composers. Composers. Which makes me feel yeah, awful. No, th- so th- this is it. It's a huge. Pro- it's a huge problem, right? Um, and it's it's know, systemic and yeah, it's, it is. It's it's absolutely awful, and no one is arguing about that fact. So what I feel, what what should happen then is it's up to people like Kandra and Ebb, mm-hmm. and it's up to the people who have the privilege of being in a position where they can get a show onto Broadway pretty easily, right? Just on their name alone. To tell the stories yeah. that other people, yeah. because of this disgusting endemic thing, right. can't tell. Yeah. And it is, you know, there is a better alternate universe where this musical is written by black authors and created by black of creators. And of course. this and is not the best solution. <clears throat> yeah. And it's important to note as well, this isn't the only piece of fiction that, um, you know, looks at the Scottsboro Boys. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I mean, there are plays... Um, I think there's movies, there's definitely plenty of documentaries on it. Like, it was a huge part of American history. So it gets talked about a lot, and this Mm. is just one example of it. Um, But so, um, yeah, John McQuarter, he, obviously very against, so he isn't against the the main controversy about it, which we'll talk about in a minute, Mm -hmm. um, of the fact that it's set in a minstrel show. Mm Mm-hmm which is what most of the protests yes. around the show yes. were about. Um, he's actually more against the fact that it's not necessarily honest. Yeah. Um, which I find that's an interesting one. That is an interesting one because obviously when you write a show, mm-hmm. you choose what story you're going to tell. Yeah. 
Especially if it's, so if it's based on something, you can't cover every fact. You're not doing a documentary here. Well, and you know, not even that you're not doing a documentary, but you're not. You know, we're not going to sit through the three years that this took to become right. Exactly a thing. The in, like the intricacies and the the layers and layers and layers of this the story right. are, are shocking. Yeah. Um, and you can obviously only tell so much. Um, so he, you know, he talks about the fact that the kind of boys are painted in a very, very positive light, mm-hmm. um, which might not necessarily have been the case. Right. Um, he was talking about the fact that um, the character based on Hayward Patterson mm-hmm. um, in real life, I think apparently falsely implicated some of the other boys. Okay. Um, and they don't, they never address that. And he's kind of, Haywood in the musical is kind of like the hero. He's the kind of central mm-hmm. one of the boys. Yeah. Um, and, um, it basically also makes the argument, you know, like we say about great white guilt, mm-hmm. that if this was about, well, he says in the article, he says, if it was about Tiananmen Square or mm-hmm. if it was about the Haymarket riots, it wouldn't be on Broadway. Yeah. So- and the, I think this is where it's it's tricky. Yeah, and it is. And like you know, this is a black person who went to see this show. We are white mm-hmm. people talking about this show much later. Yep. And so we're wrong. We're just wrong. Always not our opinion, or you know, not our place. Like <laughs> our mm-hmm. opinion doesn't matter. Um, but then again, it does. It, I think it does. It's yeah. not. It's everyone's. You know, it's that kind of thing. Is like. It's it's the opinion fact debate that we right. have in their day and age. Like yes. opinions don't equal fact. Opinions equal opinions, and right. it's important to have the conversation. Yeah, that's that's the thing. The thing that that's all true. Comes down to, so it's this, to have this conversation. This is a question I had thinking about this, um, and I wanted to ask you because you're on the other side of an ocean. Yeah, is the concept of white guilt a thing in the United Kingdom? Well, it's interesting you say that. Um, I think we'll talk about it. In a little bit, I realize that's what we've said all the way through this podcast. In a little bit, we'll talk about this. What are you going to talk about now? Um, but I would say, no, not as much. Okay. I mean, when it comes to the slave trade, mm-hmm. we, because of our relationship with the States is always really interesting and in that, you know, a lot of the time we like to lord ourselves over you and right. vice versa. Yeah. Um, and it's this weird power play that we have. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that I think we always use, and I say we, you know, not meaning me, I just mean like the like, zeitgeist. Exactly. Um, is the slave trade and the fact that, you know, right. we had the abolitionists yeah. and we were very much at the forefront of that. Yeah. And um, so, like, I will, like, have you heard of, say, <laughs> the concept of affirmative action? Yes, yes. But, I mean, or, that's, our edu- that's our education. Because so we... Um, in our like high school education, certainly in Scotland, mm. although admittedly I don't know if they still do now. But um, for example, if you take modern studies, mm. uh, which is our like it's like politics, I guess you're studying politics. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the things that we look at is um, apartheid. Mm-hmm. Okay. And civil rights in the states, mm-hmm. and you know, not nearly as in detail as I would assume you guys would. Yeah. Because we're looking at we look at, at South Africa. And we also look at America and we kind of look at them in tandem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, but, so yeah, I do know what affirmative action means. And I know, you know, I, like I know the stories about Rose Parks right. and okay. Martin Luther King. Yeah. And um, yeah, these, these things that we're all very aware of, the NAACP, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the work that people are doing. Right. Speaking of Rosa Parks, she's in this uh, musical too. 
Yes, she is. And if you listen to the she cast, if you listen to the cast album, you'd never know. Um, yeah. So the whole musical is framed with Rosa Parks because it's like the Scottsboro Boys is the seed that starts the civil rights movement. That really, and then like Rosa Parks happens, um, and yeah. so it, it the whole musical starts. You see this lady, unknown lady, sitting at a bus stop. And then the mm-hmm. whole musical happens. And then at the end, she gets on a bus and she happens to be Rosa Parks. Um, yeah. And, you know, then civil rights happens in America. Um, and right. it's this huge, wonderful framing device that is like Candor and Ebb's wonderful way of like, you know, cascading down into the story. But yeah. at least open to interpretation, but at least the actress who plays Rosa Parks is present throughout most of the show. Um she has a wonderful, like, shadow tap dance number with one of the characters um, just in the background. She watches a bunch of the stuff take place. And it's a beautiful, like, oh, it's such a wonderful metaphorical commentary that you can't do in yeah. other contexts. Because to yeah. have an actress who you will later learn is Rosa Parks watching th- the plight of the Scottsboro Boys on stage, and then to yeah. see her take that action at the end and be like, no, to- it's enough is enough. Today's the day we fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it gets me all flustered. It's really good. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. It's what a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah, and, and like not something you would know if you only listened to it. Yeah, and I think speaks to the care with which this musical was constructed. Completely. Yeah, that's it. The construction is masterful. Yeah, like they it really gives it and like the you know the way we've said like I know Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks is a jumping off point for me as like yeah. casually educated uh-huh. American. And so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to put it in that context for me as white audience member, oh, I get it. Yep. Oh, I get it. Yes. And then to use that, oh, she's watching these things happen. Oh, she's having these moments with members of the cast unspoken in a shadow behind. And we know this is performative. So like, mm-hmm. we're, you know, is she there? Is she assuming things? Who mm-hmm. it gives me shivers. Mm. It's, it's it's good. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, but going back to, uh, we don't come at it from a point of view of, like, guilt. It's very much like, it's happening over here. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, it, I mean, it's... <clears throat> Not to say mm. there isn't racism in the UK. I mean, I'm sure there is. I think America being such a young country and being in a really particular, like... I think a lot of, man, we're going to get real geopolitical in here in our discussion of this musical. But, like, America is a young country and happens to be a young country in a very specific day and age where other countries were young countries when, you know, like, oh, thank goodness you have a bow and arrow and that's our technology. Um, And, like, you know, we had guns. Um, It puts America in an interesting place. All this to say, white guilt's a big American thing. We don't talk about it enough. It's a big... I think it was a big problem in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think it's a big problem. Problem's the wrong word. I think it's an interesting concept in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think it's an interesting concept in 2017. Because if, you know, if recent months haven't been enough evidence, racism is alive and well and living in America. Exactly. Um, And like... And the concept and the idea of white guilt is intertwined with that and 
it is a, a less than talked about one because it comes from the side of what would be considered, quote unquote, the good guys. You know, yes. it's easy to talk about people who are racist and assholes because they're away and they're far and it's like a, a hard line. But it's more difficult to talk about, like, the embarrassment you feel for your white ancestors who enslaved people. Exactly. Um, and, and all the, you know, nuanced and difficult history that followed. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is interesting to... Put the we talked about this in um, our in Hello Dolly, however long ago, um, yeah. to talk about the concept of white guilt as it relates to Broadway, because yeah. musical theater is, you know, for worse, not for better, or for worse, just for worse, a very white art form mm -hmm. up until maybe very recently. Yeah. Um, and even then, it's like here we're starting to see a change, right? Like, and it's, it's like, like and like, and like we fixed. point at the change because it sparkles and shines. It's exactly. not like oh yeah, great. It's not like casual. It's like look at this. Yeah. Oh my God, Hamilton. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so it's something to talk about. I think like to this quote, mm -hmm. uh, the only reason this musical has made it on the Great White Way is the Great White Guilt. Mm -hmm. It's played off as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, if that's true, which I think is worth discussion, I think this musical is on Broadway because it's a good musical. Mm -hmm. I also think this musical is on Broadway because of the great white guilt. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. Yes. And I do agree with you because I, I would never, like I've said before, I would never have known who these Scotsboro boys were. Right. Unless John Cander and Fred Ebb and David Thompson told this story. Yeah. I would never have known. I would yeah. never have known. Um, and, and this is a story I need to know. It's yep. a story that everyone needs to know. Yeah. And know? like, I think, I think we've said it in sideways ways before, but the thing, the thing I think musical theater can do is it can tell a story and make you feel the everything of it all. Um, mm -hmm. I can tell you that the Scottsboro boys were a couple of teenagers who were wrongly accused of rape in, you know, the pre-civil rights movement, Southern America, but right. to tell it with music, with these characters, with the subtle nuance that you can include, you know, in a tap dance about an electric chair, like mm -hmm. that helps you get at the, the pathos of it all, the feeling of it all in a way that like a textbook definition can't yeah definitely a hundred percent you're feeling you get to feel something at the theater yeah um and it's it's important that these stories are told in a theatrical yeah. way um and again we will get onto more of that yeah. in a little bit yep and really like sorry. super uh, <laughs> super unfortunate that there aren't black musical theater artists that existed in you know 2010 who could bring this to the stage mm -hmm. this is not the best solution but better this than you know the nothing another, the nothing yeah the nothing and i think that that's kind of one of the points that um john mcquarter is trying to make in that article is that he is saying that not not today like not not now we don't right. like you shouldn't be telling the story now but i'm like no, they should and the thing is is like this show this show is extremely polarizing yes you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely it's extremely polarizing and it, it it does make you feel uncomfortable and it's very much supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and make mm -hmm. you angry it's supposed to make you angry yeah um 
where your anger gets directed is the thing. Yeah. Um, and that is what political theatre is yeah. and yeah. what it should be. Yeah. And so, to me, this is a great example of political yes. theatre. Yes. The... To to that end, to that end, we should do a transition because I want to talk about why it makes people angry. We'll talk about the things that we used to say that we're going to talk about in yeah, a exactly. little minute. Get ready. You want to talk about them right now? Okay. Talk about it. <laughs> the, so, the people, the other half, the part that the part that John McWhorter wasn't quite angry about were all the protests that surrounded this show, um, and a lot of the protests were centered around its vehicle of telling the story through a minstrel show, a yep. like, you know, hardline racist kind of art form. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that made people angry. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg, of all people, um, came out saying, like, that's, that's, that's not true. That's, like, people are protesting this and they haven't seen it. Go see it and then decide whether you want to protest it. Which yeah. is counterintuitive, certainly. Um, but I think... Mm-hmm, what were you going to say? No, no, no. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. I, 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 like, the question I have, and this is the question... This is the question anyone who would protest this show needs to ask. And I think one of the deep-seated questions of the discussion of the vehicle of the show mm-hmm. is a black minstrel show racist is the concept of black people putting on these stereotypes of a minstrel show a racist portrayal mm-hmm. and well so in sorry. Uh-huh. no no you say i'm sorry i always do um instantly you need to go to history there because mm-hmm. black people performed in minstrel shows right way back in the day yeah um and change started to begin as we moved in towards vaudeville mm-hmm. um change started to begin when more and more black people performed yeah. in minstrel shows because what they were able to do was start to temper it yeah um and start to move away from the stereotypes yeah and show a little bit more reality. Well, um, and so and, um, I, I think the answer to the question is a black minstrel show racist. I think the answer is yes, mm-hmm. because they are. So if you watch these black actors putting on these stereotypes of this form that was a minstrel show, mm-hmm. and you're sitting in the audience, you're like, no, 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 that's not okay. They can't. Mm-hmm that's not what black people are like. Mm-hmm. Then 
you've immediately flipped that switch in your head that says, this is not okay when white people did it. Yeah. And, like, not that it would have been okay if white people put on blackface and did very accurate representation of what black life was like in the mid mid to late 1800s. Exactly, yeah. But the stuff they were doing was not accurate, was exaggerated, was stereotyped, stereotypes, because of course. But so that's, that's the point. That's the, our specialty as white people. That's the like, of course this is wrong, and look at it stare yeah. at it yeah it's it's the thing that is like i said before it's the thing that kander neb are very good at doing mm-hmm. um not just kander neb uh matt and parker and stone i can't remember their trade uh-huh. in that the from south park from yeah and book, book of mormon. mormon yeah um which very which dubs um, we'll get to but <laughs> These guys are masters at making you laugh and then instantly being like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And that's, we've talked about this a million times. That's the beautiful part of musical theater. It disarms you and then punches you in the gut. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Um, You go along and you have that good time and then you feel awful about it and it makes you think. Yeah. And it it stirs up this emotion in you. You're not, you're not just being numb and you're not just sitting back and having a lovely time. Right. You're thinking. Yeah. You're feeling something and that is so... Yeah, so but, important. But the powerful part about it is there are brief moments. There are, yes. you know, a couple seconds where you are just having a lovely time where mm-hmm. you're like, what an entertaining little number. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, how sweet. Oh, how cute. But then in a very Brechtian way, you know, you're snapped back into reality and you're yep, like, and oh, you get that gut punch. oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, no, I enjoyed yeah. that. That's awful. What is going on in my mind? Yeah. And so and it's one of those as well that it's important to say that in the show, it's not all like that. It's not all very subversive. Yeah. There are moments of very out and out honesty and yeah. very much like this is, we're telling the story straight. Yeah. Um, which again, I think is also important because yeah. if it was all the other way, you might worryingly, you might get people who would miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? I mean, um, it does that wonderful thing that musical theater can do where it like, is like 16 framing stories in by the time you get to the honesty of the story and then Mm -hmm. it zooms back out again. And each step you take, you know, makes you analyze the different assumptions you're making about the story you just watched. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's really well done. Um, And you're right. That is such a good point. Is it racist? Yes. But in many ways, a lot of theater is, but it's not racist in the sense of, is going out to make a racist statement. Right. It's highlighting racism. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, it yeah. is It is very knowingly racist. Yeah. In a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, I would, I would give you that. I in would a, totally it, give you that. In a way to point it out. And it uh-huh. has, you know, what a, what a wonderfully convenient vehicle to do it in, a very racist vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, they, you know, the, the two characters who play the white women who accuse these men of rape... Um, yeah. And they're very caricatured and they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're not nuanced. They're, you know, completely in stereotype. And yeah. if you're sitting in the audience and you're like, no, 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 that's wrong. That's not what this should be. Then immediately your next thought is like, oh, but wait. Oh, but wait, we were doing that. We've been doing that for years. <laughs> yeah. You know, which like, 
in in the worst way the argument is that you know is that an eye for an eye is that mm-hmm. like you were racist now we're gonna be mean and racist mm-hmm. um but some something about the the subtle and like very particular way this musical is constructed m- makes it okay i think yeah definitely definitely because it all creates that feeling it stirs something yeah um without being stupid yeah without being stupid without being flippant yeah um i do want to talk a little bit about the protest a little bit more Mm -hmm. um and kind of talk about why that was happening yeah um so because i think the crucial thing to know is i think like about 90 percent of the people hadn't seen the show Mm. they arrived 10 minutes before the show and 10 minutes after they didn't even hang around during the show Mm -hmm. um to make this very public protest um so it was a group um called the freedom party who are kind of like an extension of the freedom democratic party Mm -hmm. um now the freedom democratic party uh back in the 60s were a huge part of the civil rights movement Mm. And did wonderful things. And so the Freedom Party is kind of like an offcut of that. Um, and are uh, kind of mixed up in some controversy. Mm-hmm. They said it again. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, uh, you know, it's, their intentions are sometimes a little bit questionable. Uh-huh. Um, what I'm not saying here is I'm not saying, you know, the, the opinion thing. I'm not saying they're wrong. Uh-huh. Of course they're entitled to me, and of course you can see exactly what they mean, and you can see exactly what why they're protesting, you know? Um, but what one of the main things the creators of the show wanted them to do was come and see it so they could have a conversation about it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the crucial part, is that they weren't willing to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, but So interestingly enough, I watched a video, mm-hmm. I'll put it in the show notes, um, about... Well, it was a video of them protesting, basically, and kind of hearing their side of the story um, and what they, what they were protesting about. And very interestingly, there was a point where I was like, I'm with you. I'm actually with you on this because um, one of their comments is about one of the posters. And on the posters, it says 1,000 laughs guaranteed. Um, and I get why they're saying that's awful because mm-hmm. they're saying this isn't it's not a laughing story it's not a laughing matter this story isn't a comedy right Do you know what i mean yeah and so looking at that poster i would be like oh that's a comedy yeah who are these scottsboro boys cool let's go do you know yeah. what i mean um now on the flip side of that uh-huh well what they would do for those people who would look at that oh that's a comedy great they've got them hook line and sinker right I like because that's... they're going in and they're going to go see it. Right. A thousand laughs. And, and they may laugh and then feel bad about it. You know? Exactly. And like, I think, I think this show is a comedy in moments. Well, in the sense that minstrel shows were there to entertain you. Yeah. Like in the sense know? that it's, it's absolutely a farce in every definition of the term. And then it's a farce that also happened. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's beautiful when you hit these shows where like the show continues after you left the theater, which I think mm-hmm. the show absolutely is. Like you're like, oh, yeah. my, oh my God, oh my God, that happened and that made me feel these things. Yeah, um, completely. But to, to these protests, the American Freedom Party, I don't know how much of this hits you in the UK. Mm-hmm. The American Freedom Party is bullshit. Right, okay. 
total total like big money manufacture at least by the time 2010 hits uh-huh these are racist so that's because that's what i'd read and i didn't know how much truth was in it so i yeah. didn't really want to comment on it but you know that they're uh, doing a lot of it for publicity and publicity's yeah. sake yeah um and actually interestingly enough the writer of the show uh-huh. comments on this and he says that um what these protesters are doing uh-huh. are exactly what people did to the boys yes. back in the day yep. they used them yep. as a as like a paragon. political stepping stone and i never you know the most horrible things so mm-hmm. the um communist party and they do make a brief comment on it in the the finale of the show mm-hmm. um but the communist party basically tried to keep them in jail because yep. they were such a great yep. it was such a great voice and such a great martyrdom do you know what I mean? Yeah. They were trying to make martyrs out of these yeah. boys instead of trying to get them free. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because the longer they could spin it, the more cause that they would have. Yeah. And it's such a tricky thing yeah. because uh, it's and it, like it, yeah. it's it's twofold here. So I think very much, you know, the the American Freedom Party in 2010, the thing they're protesting deep down inside is like, how dare you point out that we were racist? Um Right, okay. Like I re like if you boil it down to the dregs, I think that's what you end up with. How right, okay. how dare you acknowledge this piece of human history? Obviously we're past that. Why must we keep talking about it? Which right. is that's the dark side to white guilt. Um but the other part, which to your point and in our notes here, I think is the song that's not the way we do things. Yes. Um lots to say about this. So in um in the, is it, wait, mm-hmm. is it worth starting a new segment? It's always worth starting a new segment. Let's start a new segment. Back in Manhattan, ask anyone. There's no bigger voice for equal rights than me. I fight for it. I live for it. Just ask my cook, Jemima. Mommy just loves you, Mr. Sonny. Just ask my chauffeur, Rufus. What a mess! Just ask our colored laundress, and I'm sure they'll agree. That's right! Give them hell, Mr. L. As I said, the folks up north all wanna see you go free. So they sent you down the very best, that's why they sent me. Although the law may be disgusting here in Alabama, but it's not the way we see things. That's not the way we feel things. That's not the way we do things in that's not the way we do things i think this is one of the most important songs in the show and this is a song that makes it makes the show so that's not the way we do things in the real life scottsboro boys um a lawyer named samuel Leibowitz is Mm -hmm. i don't know assigned given the case of these boys um he's not from the south he's he's a yank um he's from the north um and like the this is why it has why it becomes a civil rights movement you know firecracker um is this southern case has been making waves up in the north which like why would it who cares but because there's this because it is based in racism and it's making the news and all these things are happening and so this lawyer 
comes and is like going to represent these boys and is like he's you know he's taken the case on pro bono he's going to make it work he's you know taken he's like there's some article about how he you know paid for his wife to come there and like yeah. the, the all you know this is out of the kindness of his heart and in the musical it manifests itself in this song that's not the way we do things mm-hmm. which is sung by samuel Leibowitz, um who is the whole point is he you know he sees these drinking fountains in alabama one is for whites and one is for coloreds only um and that's not that's not the way we do things in new york that's not how new york is new york is progressive new york we argue for equality just ask my maid she'll tell you just ask my chauffeur you know um just ask my cook jemima like that's not how we do things we don't do things that way in new york everyone's equal just ask all the black people who wait on me hand and foot we don't do stuff like that and i think this song is so important in the show because it undermines the white guilt argument it undermines the um you know apologist revisionist kind of argument like This guy who came, I'm sure, in his own mind with the best of intentions trying to save these people, like, is called out in a very blunt kind of way where, like, the North might not be as backwater, might not be killing black people left and right, Mm -hmm. but still has plenty of racism built into the society, Um, which makes it so important definitely um yeah that the first time i heard it that was when i heard that song i was like this is a good show yeah because i was like they're saying something here they're really really saying something yeah um i have a lot of i have a lot of thoughts about this issue yeah um particularly and, as someone from the uk mm-hmm. so do you know who jane elliott is you, mm, the name rings a bell you will know. You will know her. You'll know what she does. Okay. So basically, Jane Elliott is the pioneer of the blue eyes, brown eyes experiment. Blue eyes, brown eyes. Yes, I knew I recognized her. We study okay. her in um, education studies in America. Cool. Yeah. Totally understandable why. Yeah. Um, so she, I think we've talked about this in the podcast as well before, but it's really, this This is the time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, after um, Martin Luther King was assassinated... Mm-hmm. She went into her class, um, which was all, all white. Um, uh, her kindergarten class, I believe. Her kindergarten class, yeah, exactly. Very important to know. Young kids, yeah, very young kids, um, and obviously she was so affronted by what had just happened. Mm-hmm. She wanted to teach her kids about it and teach them properly. So she created this activity, I guess, um, mm-hmm. where she segregated her children according to something as trivial as their eye color. Mm-hmm. Something as random and as trivial as yeah. the eye color. You, um, you have to look up their documentaries on this and their Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's what I'm going to get to in a little bit. So the, the basic idea is that the blue-eyed children are great, perfect. Uh, they own the class. They mm-hmm. can get extra uh, recess. Um, they get to sit at the front. 
they have all of these privileges. Mm-hmm. Um, the people with brown eyes, the kids with brown eyes, have to wear a collar, mm-hmm. and they're stupid, and they don't really understand things. Yes, and they're segregated in the playground. Because don't you know, brown eyes, pe- brown-eyed people are just—they're just—they're just, they're just different. Yeah, they're just yeah, they're stupid, and that's just the way it is. Um, and the kids very quickly cottoned onto this. And oh yeah. It was a, such an interesting social experiment. So I'm not going to like tell the results, but go watch it. Like yeah. go watch the initial documentary. Um, then I want you to fall into a Jane Elliott hole and Please, watch all watch of the everything she's ever done. And so I will say, Jimmy, the yeah. we study this in ed psych in college in theater school in a teacher school um, yeah. in my world. And as part of my um, college education we taught sample classes to other college kids and one of the classes we decided to teach was a hidden blue eyes brown eyes experiment okay Um, cool was kids showed up in the door and they got either pamphlet one or pamphlet two which was about like folding origami or something and pamphlet one had like really specific instructions and was like you know here's how you do this and pamphlet two was impossible to follow and all the kids who got pamphlet two they had to sit in the corner of the room they didn't get chairs they had to sit on the floor um and like you know we yelled at them and like pamphlet one was like oh here we'll help you um and like this was a 40 minute sample lesson and it was really a 20 minute sample lesson because in the next 20 minutes we were like pause and then we came back in and we're like all right let's tell you what we did let's and let's discuss, see yeah, how, how you reacted yeah. and in 20 minutes my i think pretty much entirely white class mm-hmm. the kids who you know were told they were bad and were set in the corner had started acting up had started yeah. throwing things yeah like college kids in a sample made up kind of lesson yeah this is amazingly effective and true yep it, it really really is and so she does it i mean she does it sometimes with high school kids she does it with um college kids she does it with mm-hmm. adults yeah um the one the one that got me and the one that i'm leading to here is the time she did it in the uk okay and I've never felt more ashamed of being British mm-hmm. than I did after watching that. It made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Um, because what you had there... So one of the main things about these documentaries, and you'll see it, anyone you watch, she's successful. Yeah. At wow. the end of it, people get it. Yep. And they understand and they accept it. Yep. The point she tries to make is that we're all racist. Yeah. Right? We we have this amazing privilege. Yeah. I, she says I that you'll have seen her in that. Mm. I think the point. I would disagree with that characterization only subtly. I mm-hmm. think the point she makes is we're all we all succumb to the downfalls of prejudice, and mm-hmm. often those are based around race. Yeah, but in the, just in the sense that she's like, and she she does it. There's a viral video that goes around. And it's her, and you might not know it's her, but it's her. Um, and she says um, to everyone, "It's a lecture hall." And she's like, "Which of you here would be black?" Or I'm totally paraphrasing here, right? But she's like, "Who would change your race to be black?" Yeah, right now. The fact that don't, nobody says that. She's like, "That's your privilege. That's your privilege right there." realize it um and i am so grateful that i have found her because it made me realize it and i was like yes okay this is what i need to do now and now you need to put in the work to change to make a change and every day you should be learning and every day you should be making a change yeah um so going back to this uk one 
please watch it it'll be in the show notes um and if you're especially if you're from the uk because you might not realize it um but it's so important that you realize it we have Mm -hmm. such such a race issue in the uk and it's very different from the way it is in the states Mm -hmm. um we to the point where we are we're deniers we are the not the way we do things Mm -hmm. we don't do race over here we don't have a race issue in the uk yeah says (laughs) so many people in the uk yeah quote quote unquote i don't see color exactly I don't see, oh, no, that's, we, we don't have, that's an American thing. Yeah. That's an African thing. We don't have race issues in the UK. Uh-huh. And despite the fact that there were women who were, oh, there was one woman who was African-American, or Afro-Caribbean, sorry, and there was one woman who was uh, Muslim, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both saying, we have encountered racism. People are racist towards us on a daily basis. They are telling this to this woman and she is saying back, no, you're wrong. We're not racist in this country. Right. And I felt so sick. And she, Jane Elliott loses control. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen her not succeed. I've never seen her not succeed. It comes into the presenter of the show, who's actually a very, he's one of our main news broadcasters mm-hmm. um wages in and it's also a bit like yes it's obviously not as bad here and she's like no yeah you've got it worse do yeah. you know what i mean and it's what people don't realize and it's this denial that mm-hmm. sickens me to my stomach because it's so rife it yep. is so rife in the uk this weird oh we're british it's fine we don't we don't have these issues yeah no we seriously do we yeah. seriously seriously do and it's coming more to light now with immigration with um obviously the whole brexit campaign uh-huh. like we we have our bloody issues yeah. like we it's, really really do it's a hot button, button issue in 2017 up. i mean yep. it's you know they're the scottsboro boys exist right now in america and the uk and there are cases that have happened and there are cases that are about to happen and like mm. so there are the prison population of 2,424,279 inmates Mm -hmm. 44 percent of them that's more than a million Mm -hmm. are black yep 65 percent of black boys grow up in fatherless homes there are 919,000 black men enrolled in college There's, in the whole of the United States of America. My, um, my boyfriend, the doctor, was talking about how there are studies coming out that black women die earlier because higher level of the whatever chemical is created by stress in their life. Yeah. Uh, it's endemic right and so such an issue all this to say to you know people protesting the show in 2010 under the the line of like why must we talk about this now we're past this obviously not obviously not and so like doom and gloom and awful and all this stuff but the only solution is to talk about it the Mm. only solution is to talk about it like we make no progress otherwise we spin in the same goddamn circles otherwise have conversations educate yourself yeah learn about the scotch boys learn about 
Rosa Parks learn about any of these yeah. moments in history no, and n- try and understand. No, yeah, that- no, not moments in contemporary. Right. Well, and no, be okay with the fact that you're gonna make mistakes. Exactly. Like we're, this is none of this is easy, and that's the point. Yeah. Check that privilege that you have. Accept it. I think it's even... I, I struggle with the... I've struggled with this for years, and I've only recently been able to articulate it. I struggle with the um, uh, imperative to check your privilege. Mm-hmm. The point of this kind of privilege, the point of white privilege, the point of cis privilege, the point of straight privilege, the point of male yeah. privilege, is that there is a part of it that you will never be able to fully understand. Exactly. That's why you're privileged. Mm-hmm. And so, I I would never tell someone to check their privilege. I say mm-hmm. acknowledge that you are privileged. So that's what I'm sorry. That's what I mean by it. Exactly. When I say check, I don't mean change. Right. I mean you have it. Yeah. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. I, I'm the luckiest person in the world because I'm a white man and I can pretend that I'm straight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's shit. That's yeah. real shit. But yeah. that's the yeah. that's the way it is. So I need to educate myself. Right. And it's not. Maybe to go back to our very first point, it's uh-huh. not white guilt. I didn't, I didn't do this. I don't feel guilty about this. I didn't do any of this. I don't feel bad about this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel bad about the shit my peers are doing today. Right. That's something I feel guilty about. But yeah. it's not this historic white guilt that people hearkening back to. It's, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that chapter in the history book. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that in a hundred years. And so the only way I know how to change that is to talk about it and then listen as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, to qualify it as white guilt simplifies it too much. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. I realize this all sounds really preachy. Yeah. And that's not that's not that's not what we're doing. That isn't what this is, but we're just as you can probably tell, we're extremely passionate about this. Um and it's something that I think more people need to get yeah. passionate well, about. Well and it's I mean, we we joke about it in sarcastic ways about this show always ending in, you know, this kind of place or ending up in this yeah. kind of place. But it's so, you know, if not if not here then where? Yeah, we've talked about exactly. musical theater being one of the whitest art forms in the world, and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, no like art this, form is... For, for me, yeah, I know. Well, for me, it always comes back to the fact that I know musical theater. This is my this is my area of expertise. Yeah. So if there's something that's going to help me understand, it's going to be a musical. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's why that's why I think yeah. we focus on it. Yeah. That's why I and focus on it. That's why the show is so important. The show is exactly. so important. This show came out in 2010. Yeah. You remember those moments where you think like, oh yeah, 2001, that's not too long ago. And it's like 20 years ago almost. This ki- yeah. the show came out 2010. The show came out seven years ago. This is a contemporary show. Yep. This is contemporary musical theater like Dear Evan Hansen is. Exactly. Like, this isn't contemporary musical theater like Rent is. This is like yeah. now. And yeah. people are upset about it. And people have all these issues with it. Yep. Um, I'm going to use that as a lovely segue. Here we go. Because I want to talk about the fact that why does nobody know about this show? Things happen right before your eyes. Things happen soon enough you're lost. 
and thanking when I'm gonna go back home. Why does nobody? <laughs> we can't quite get into these. Yeah. Why does nobody know about this show? I think so. I think it's it's summarized. And I'm not. I'm, I'm doing broad, broad strokes here. Obviously, right. Exactly. A lot of people know but about I this, but. I really think no one knows about this show can be summarized in three words, and they are Book of Mormon. Um, yes. This show premiered in 2010, the same year that Book of Mormon swept the Tony Awards. Swept. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so no one heard of the no one you know the Scottsboro Boys barely made a dent. It became um, one of those shows that gets yeah. swept to the side and you never hear about it yeah. again. And there's a brilliant interview with um, uh, Strowman online post right. post Tony's um, yeah. where she's like, man, we didn't expect to be nominated. And we were nominated like 12 times. And that's yeah. amazing. They like, didn't expect to get to Broadway. Yeah. Because obviously, the, you know, it's not a big budget show. Their yeah. set is planks and chairs. And chairs and a couple tambourines. Um, right that's that's the set yeah um but i think so (laughs) i think there's something so nuanced and insidious in this comparison too i think it's so much more than just the book of mormon is a fabulous musical the book of mormon have you ever noticed this this is one of my fascinating contemporary realizations Mm -hmm. think in your mind of all of the advertisements you've ever seen for book of mormon yep every single one it's all white guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's all it's all the the Mormon kids jumping on trampolines, flying in the air. Mm-hmm. The Book of Mormons, and this is official policy too. They're they're real strict on this. You can't publish photos of certain parts of Book of Mormon. Their publicity department department has a stranglehold on this. But ninety percent of the Book of Mormon takes place in Africa. Literally ninety percent. Yeah. Yeah. of the Book of Mormon, like, this is a show about the discussion between white relations and black relations. Yeah, yeah, the other half of their leads are black. Are black. Have you ever seen a publicity photo of them? Right. Ever? And, like, that's the point. I never thought about that. It's brilliant. It's so clever from their part. Because... The fact that you don't think about it, the fact yep. that you don't even know that Book of Mormon is hiding a secret about itself in its publicity, it's not like Mousetrap, it's not like Sheer Madness, it's not like Mystery of Edwin Crude, yeah, uh, yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah. ooh, and there's a secret, and yeah. I'm not going to tell you, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you don't even know that there's a secret going in. Yeah, It's a wonderful marketing strategy. Um, but it's insidious, too, because... exactly. As much as the Book of Mormon is a show making fun of Mormons, you know, mm-hmm. like satirizing and parroting 
the Mormon experience. The Book of Mormon is also very much a show about the different experience between the white American and the, you know, it seems redundant to say the black African, but that is Mm -hmm. what we're doing. You know, we're in Uganda, Mm -hmm. everyone's black. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, the way the Book of Mormon does it is it's true, it's real, and it's a little racist. Um, because a lot of the comedy in the Book of Mormon comes from laughing at, oh, those people in Uganda, how hilarious. They don't know it's called Salt Lake City. They say Saltaleka City. Like, that's a little racist. And it's funny. And it's South Park, so, like, they don't care. You know, we're right. talking about, like, really extreme, you know, middle fingers in the air. Um mm. But it is interesting that both these shows were popular in the same season because Book of Mormon allows you to put this black experience very much in the other bucket. They live in Uganda. They were born into, you know, poverty doesn't even begin to describe it. Like, everyone has AIDS. (laughs) What a funny joke. Fuck you, God. Like, that's the experience they described, which... Mm -hmm may very well be true, but that separation allows you as the, you know, privileged Broadway theater goer to, like, put that awfulness at a distance in your mind. They become the other. They're not you. They're not Americans. They're not people who are trying to have the same experience you are. They're not people who are trying to, you know, get a job in Atlanta. They're Mm -hmm. people in Africa who are trying to survive and, like, not get shot in the head. Yeah. Um, it's why Book of Mormon won the Tony and Scottsboro Boys didn't. Yeah. And you just have to look at that. And people protest the Scottsboro Boys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They protest the one that makes you cringe for the right reasons. Yeah. And like, I don't think Book of Mormon does it wrong. I think one of the most beautiful things that happens in the Book of Mormon is mm. when they're like at the airport on their way mm. to Africa. And it's, it's a hilarious joke. And they're like, and we will send you to Africa. And the back curtain rises. And it's a, a one-for-one Lion King parody. And, yep. you know, they sing the beginning song. And then the joke is like, oh, yeah, that's Mrs. Smith. She lives down the block. We hired her to make this Lion King joke for you in this airport. Now have fun in Africa. Um, and, like, it's, it's a really nuanced joke that... Yeah. That is white people's conception of what Africa is like. Mm-hmm. And then you they land in Uganda and that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Pushes it into that distant world, which lets you feel, you know, p- people don't leave the Book of Mormon feeling white guilt the same way they leave the Scottsboro Boys feeling white exactly. guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's really interesting. I haven't thought length about it. I've still not seen Mormon. Really? Um, yeah, I know. I'm one of those people. <laughs> uh, I've still not seen it. And um, I'm definitely going to need to see it before we do it. Yeah. It's really interesting. Get it. It's a great... I don't know enough about, I don't know enough about comedy. Yeah. Do you know don't, what I mean? I don't don't know get me wrong. Comedy. It's a great show. It's a right. really good show. There... It's Susan Blackwell's favorite musical. It's it's very funny. It's very well written. Of course, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are going to write a great musical with the creators mm-hmm. of Avenue Q. Um, but the, the creators of South Park, yeah. the movie, which has one of the best musical theater songs yeah. of all time in it. And remember, remember, 
they're white people writing part of a black story. Like, mm-hmm. there's something disingenuous there. Mm-hmm. And they hide it in their satiric way in the same way that Stroman and Kander and Ebb hide it in their minstrel show. Mm-hmm. Um, but one is, you know, perhaps more convincing and more accepted or allows you to feel happier when you leave the theater and not mm-hmm. examine your life and cry yourself to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as fortuitous as it is, I think it is fascinating that both these shows hit the Tonys the same year. Very much so. Very much so. And, I mean, certainly not in articles I've seen. No one talked about that. Yeah. Right? I've yet to find no, someone nothing. making that comparison. And that's very interesting. Why are we only doing this now? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, the, the crappy, crappy thing is, Book of Mormon opened in 2014 in the UK mm-hmm. and was up against Scotch Boys once more All over at again. the Olivier's. Yeah. And the exact same thing happened. Um, and it's happened a lot. I went back through just like the most recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, in the year of the Colour Purple, Jersey Boys won. Mm-hmm. In the year of Carolina Change, Avenue Q won. Mm-hmm. Parade, Fosse won. Um, and I'm not going to include Nixon Orville yeah. because Billy Elliot also deals with good yeah. issues. But, um, you know, these shows in particular talk about race in a very frank way. Yeah. In a very make you feel uncomfortable yeah. way. Well, and from um, not not in a I would say hairspray or ragtime kind of way, which yeah. I think are important stories to tell and yes. perhaps feel mm, a little more legitimate coming from white authorship um mm-hmm. because they're about they're about the conflict. Yeah, yeah not about exactly, exactly. not about the experience. <clears throat> yep. Um, and obviously, you know, Parade is written by Jason Robert Brown, mm-hmm. who's Jewish, and uh, a huge part of Parade is, you know, how Judaism and uh, Leo Frank's Judaism and how that all comes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Carolina Change is about uh, a maid who's black and the white family and how the, you know, that all works together. Um, you know, they come from, there's evidence of you know understanding in those shows but right. basically my point is is you know i can count you a million people who know jersey boys who know avenue q okay maybe they don't know Fosse. okay right. i'll give you that uh but jersey boys but, avenue q but they are sure the they sure as hell time. don't know parade like right they definitely don't know carolina change yeah they might know the color purple recently they had that great revival mm-hmm. um but before that revival would they've known the color purple yeah that's a good know. question and it's um, yeah. And these are the story in my opinion, these are the stories that should be being told. Mm-hmm. These are the stories that you should remember. These are the paragons of musical theater. Right. These are why we um, do theater. As far right. as we, you know, that's our thesis on musical theater. Exactly. These are the theater moments yeah. in musical theater. It's yeah. not the happy clappy have a great time, right. which I've know and I appreciate and that that is a huge part of musical theater, but the ones that when I'm having conversations with people who are throwing musical theater down the pan, mm-hmm. I need to bring up my Carolina changes and my color purples right. and my parades yeah. because they're my argument. Yep. And they're, they're my argument. They're not the ones um, that win Tony awards. Exactly. And so as we enter the Tony awards yeah. this year, yeah. what are the stories that aren't, or that are going to get forgotten about? Oh, it's, you know, 
It's such a tough question. And it's you know, such a tough question. Stay- and it will happen. There will be show there's so much this year. Yep. This year is huge. Yep. Yes. Um and what are the ones that we're gonna forget about? Right. Who remembers Fila? I'm sorry. Do what? you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm I'm not even I'm not even kidding. Right. Who remembers Fila? Yeah, no. At the time, that was big. Yeah. And then it didn't win, and so we forget about it. Yep. Yep. And like the question is, and you know, maybe bonus episode coming up get excited maybe we'll discuss it more (laughs) um i think the big question of now is are we in you know are we are we ph are we post hamilton or is that just going to be a blip on the radar um and there's i also don't think in our very (laughs) diverse in different ways and like filled with width and breath season i don't think there's a good trial case for it this season quite yet we're we're seeing like the 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 stutters and hints of it all, but there's not another there's not another Hamilton yet in the same way that Hamilton was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And that's as- do you know what I'm 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 picking I've picked out the examples here. Yeah. I fake news you because there are moments where the flip side has happened and the right show has won. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's all too rare. Yeah. It's it all is. too rare. And and you know last year I think. Oh, I think this is right. All the featured actresses and actors and best actors and actresses categories were, were won by people of color. Um, yep. Are we post Hamilton, or does it, you know, are we post Hamilton in the way that in the same way that postmodern is postmodern? Where like, well, I mean, the thing is, is like you just have to look at our leads from this year, right? And we're back into whitewash zone. They're all just kind of white, yeah, and like Do not. You know what I mean, not intentionally all you have to look at is you know the recasting of josh groban to know that it's not the point but Mm -hmm. we're Mm -hmm. we're definitely very white again Mm -hmm. um and we're telling loads of white stories again yeah but this is it and you know it comes back to it comes back to what we said earlier um you know about Uh candor and ebb it all comes together yeah crafted this very well (laughs) candor and ebb and knowing your privilege and accepting your privilege and mm-hmm. using that. And, and using it. I feel that Kandra Ebb and um, David Thompson yeah. have used their privilege well and have told the right story, yeah. like Scottsboro Boys, yeah. um, that should never be forgotten. Should never. If you, you know, we say this all the time, and I, I think it would... We, you know, back on Fiddler, we talked about this. Do you think anyone has made it all the way through this podcast not having listened to this? Scottsboro Boys is a musical you need to listen to. Exactly. Now, I know it's not very available. Um, oh my God, it was such a struggle. Exactly. I had to pay for it. <laughs> I know. I had to pay for it. And I don't begrudge it because I don't it's great. either. I paid for both cast albums. I, I had to struggle. To I had to struggle through the stupidness that is Apple Music and iTunes and my iPhone again to buy this. Is so, it like, on Apple Music? It was on iTunes. <laughs> Is that... Wait. So Apple Music. It took... I don't the, have Apple Music. Moral of the story. Pay for this show and listen to it. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, don't... You know... I mean, pay for cast albums in general. If you pay for Spotify Premium, then okay, cool. Then great. Um, but... This one's worth I'm it. I'm saying that because that's why it's... But... Right. Um, yeah, d- buy cat albums. Like, yeah. don't. Like, yeah. okay, I understand people might be in economic hardships, but right. you know, it's eight. It's, it was eight pounds. I don't yeah. know what it is for you. Ten dollars, something like that. 
I think it's Seven Eleven, right? Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Like it is. Just do it. But no, interestingly, what one would you pick? Have you listened to them both yet? No, I've only listened to what is the Off Broadway cast recording. I guess Off Broadway. Okay, so the there's been rewrites, not a lot, but uh-huh. a few rewrites okay. um, since Off Broadway to the West End recording. Okay. Um, I, I love the way I really love the West End recording. Okay. It's the first one I listen to as well, so that always makes me a little bit biased. But right. um, I I prefer it. that's the one that I go to. So mm-hmm. that's the one I would recommend if you're thinking I don't want to spend sixteen pounds, her twenty dollars. Uh-huh. That's perfectly understandable. Uh-huh. Buy one, yeah, and I would maybe go for the London because that's the most up to date. Okay, that sounds legit. For it's sure. worth. This that's is a show where it's worth it for the content. A hundred percent. Yeah, I also think educate uh, yourself. Educate it's yourself. the big. It's the big travesty with with this, with hairspray, with ragtime, with these sorts of shows. The <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel this as a musical theater educator and it's something we I think kinda tiptoed around when I was learning to be a teacher in theater school, but it's something right. I feel very much. Um at least in America. Theater, mm-hmm. musical theater, high school musical theater is a very white kid kind of thing. Um mm-hmm for a bunch of systemic reasons that are awful in every way from school district funding to, you know, if you like, it it comes to the systematic disenfranchisement of black people in America and how there's poverty rampant and you can't afford to go see a show. If you're like big problems, um, endemic. Yeah. Yeah. Endemic very much. So, and it means the Scottsboro Boys doesn't get performed because there aren't right. as many theater troops that, you know, have 9, 10, 11, 12 black actors that they can just count on showing up to cast. And you certainly can't race bend this show. Um, no. This isn't a hairspray where there's some blurred lines and, you know. Right. Or like uh, a, a Once on this Island where, you, you, yeah. Right, exactly. No. Please never, ever do this show unless nope. you have the cast for it. Nope. Not that I can think anyone ever would. You'd have to be but a special kind moly. of idiot to do that. But, Please don't do that. But Please it does mean do it's a story that, like, you know, whereas... Isn't going to get told that much. Whereas Sound of Music, you know, you probably don't have to drive right. miles to see a production of The Sound of Music right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's why you buy the cast album. Yep. That keeps it alive. It keeps the thought alive. It's really important in our art world is like recirculating these stories. That's the capital we have. How long do we talk about these things until they disappear? And so you can talk about it and like, that's, that's your contribution. Hey, I heard about this musical, the Scottsboro boys. Yep. If you've got a group of friends clubbing together, do it. You could do that. Yeah. Right. Save money. Listen to it together. Talk about it as a group of friends. Most learn. Most headphones are in stereo pairs. Share them. (laughs) Yeah. Get a nice set of speakers. (laughs) We've all got them. Have a put your phone in a um, toilet roll holder. A toilet roll (laughs) ring. You've been watching too many BuzzFeed lights life hack videos. Absolutely. But that one works. (laughs) I will give you that. And you know the oh we're getting into weird tangent, but yes. Just get it. Listen to it. Listen get to the show. Listen, educate. I can't imagine someone who made it an hour into this podcast and hasn't yet. But if you're that person, oh, go I listen to it. Love that song. I remember sitting on the porch, hearing it at twilight, drifting up from the cotton fields. And you boys, you sing it so beautifully, just the way I like it. Wouldn't hurt if you smiled a bit. 
And in the kitchen, Mammy's pulling pork, cooking grits, scrubbing ham. Tell the truth now, don't you miss those honeysuckle days in Alabama? How the sights and sounds come back to me. Like my daddy hanging from a tree. Hey, now, wait a minute. Or the fire that made those crosses burn. I don't remember that part of the song. Don't you wish that we could just return to those languid and limpid and listless and indolent lovable So, Tommy, that was the Scottsboro Boys. That was the Scottsboro Boys. I, I feel like we didn't... We went... We talked a lot about, like, we the, about the, the world around the show. Yeah. Listen to it for yourself. Listen to no, it. thing. Listen to it for yourself. It's a great show. Experience. It's really good. You didn't need us. Um, we hope you just... We've sold you that it's, it's worth listening to. Yes. Um, and that's all well and good, but what are we doing next week? That's a great question. Can I answer it with another question? Please do. Here we go. (laughs) No, please do. (laughs) The actor who auditioned for the lead role in this musical, not the, the actor who auditioned for the lead role in this musical knocked her audition so far out of the park that Sondheim remarked, let's open tomorrow. What show? I was about to say, I was about to say to if you didn't do it, I was like, no, Tommy, you have to do it. You're so never But you just went and did it anyway. Oh, yeah, of course. Well done. Of course I did what my show. What show was that? My 100%. Who knows? Yeah. If you think you know, come and tell us. Um, over on Twitter, I'm Asin Hendricks, and on YouTube, I am the exact same. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube, or our show Twitter is Jim and Tomic, or our website is jimandtomic.com, where there's a link to the subreddit where you can discuss our episode this episode yep we're still continuing with the great discussions guys they're ablaze it's a great place and come on if you're going to be discussing a show come and talk about Scottsboro Boys with us we want to hear your thoughts Um, tell your friends all about this podcast please and we'll see you next week bye bye Have you seen the Tickle Me Elmo without the fur? Terrifying. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.